Right, so this is episode 58 then, and uh, apologies for no episode last week, um, but we've done five or six in a row, I think, haven't we, Pete? And, you know, um, Pete's actually got a new role at his place, and uh, sometimes it's not as, as easy to, to get schedules synced up, but uh, obviously we are back right now, and how are you doing, Pete? Doing well, man. I uh, just uh, just counting down the days. Uh, I know that uh, I saw on Twitter you guys were doing some more practicing, so I had some questions about that. But yeah, just also just you know doing some internal planning for the trip to the UK, man. You know, th- yeah. making sure the passports in order, making sure that you know where we're going. Yeah, I'm actually planning some work related stuff around the Scotland part of the trip. So yeah, just just trying to get my ducks in a row. Exactly, and not only you're planning work, you're planning some podcasting stuff as well, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, while, definitely. While you are here. Absolutely. No, that's gonna be. That, I mean, that's gonna be really cool. That in it. Um, we should do a live able, one. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be really, really good. Uh, but yeah, um, I put the video out on Twitter and everywhere else, didn't I? Because it just sounded. It, it's as you can hear. It's sounding pretty good now, and I'm having a whale of a time uh, messing with sounds and stuff and getting them right, and it's just sounding awesome in practice rooms. So yeah, shared a little bit of a clip of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounded really good. One thing I did notice, which I thought was kind of funny, was you know, so the the, the the recording has you in the front and you're just focused, you know, just totally into the song. But in the background, I can't help but notice that while Rob is playing perfectly, he, he looks like he's goofing off, you know, like well, he's just laughing and like running around. Like it's just weird because it was like totally two different vibes on the video. I was, I, I found yeah. that pretty funny. No, I mean, to be honest, it's strange, you know, because it, it's something that I've only come to notice recently in the sense that I've always played with my head down. I mean, I don't know if I'd even say that. I find it difficult to make eye contact with people when I'm playing guitar. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I couldn't even tell you why. I just feel, I think I feel incredibly awkward in some way and I, I, I rarely make eye contact with people. Mm. So I've always kind of played like that. And, you know, maybe I'm getting into it as much as anything, but I am aware that I sort of, I, I'd never really make eye contact with people other than, you know, at key moments when we're looking for signals and stuff yeah. like that. But the fun, the fun thing about like starting to film the rehearsals is as you say, watching all the banter that sort of mainly <laughs> um, Rob and Stu have, it, it, yeah. they're always at it. And I, I never, I've never really noticed before. And I, it's occurred to me and I sort of sat there and thought, well, this must've been going on for years. And <laughs> I imagine Phil sort of knew and watched it all the time, but oh, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, it's funny because um, when we were playing, actually, Rob wanted to get my attention, and I were playing, and he were he was just he were wave, he were looking at me, and he was just waving his hand, sort of in my vision. I were looking down, and he was just waving his hand, and all my brain said, "Well, there's a waving hand there, just disregard it." And then <laughs> I'm sure, it's not about, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After about three seconds, I was like, "Oh, oh, that's Rob. Oh, he clearly wants something." And I looked up, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, turn it up a bit or whatever." Yeah, but I mean, I do just end up in a world of my own, absolutely. Um, but it's it's I've always. I've always found it awkward playing in front of people or doing anything like that. Do you know what I mean? In the same way that, you know, you, you, I used to hate standing up and talking in front of other people, oh, yeah. like at school or I don't know anything where, I don't know. It's weird. I, I honestly can't describe it. Oh, I don't think it's weird. I, they say public speaking is the, the, the greatest fear for most humans. I mean... <laughs> I used to coach yeah, I mean, uh, speech and debate and coach kids how to speak publicly yeah. for years. And, and it was just always fun to see these kids like start out like scared to death, can't even get a sentence out without shaking. And then you see well, them after a couple of years and it becomes, you know, it's you form habits and you get you get better at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's the same on well, stage, right? You're playing and. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I suppose in simplistic terms, you could kind of label it as stage fright, maybe, but it's different to that for me. Um, well, I kind of think it, I perceive that it is anyway, but I remember the, the very first time like I played guitar, like in a band set up and it was, Stu was playing bass um, and a lad called Chris Hall was on drums and uh, my mate Dan Aykroyd, not the Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> but a Dan Aykroyd uh, on guitar, actually, uh, he was the lad who uh, sort of we were both really into manix at the same time got really into holy bible that record um great lad actually i haven't spoke to him in years but yeah i remember uh it was like uh what was it like um some sort of function evening at school do you know what i mean and we sort of played and we're absolutely absolutely terrified <laughs> i mean I, I don't think that i don't think there's anything unusual about that per se um but there's there's always been something that I've not been able to describe about what I don't enjoy about that, if you know. Or even someone just watching me doing something like that, watching me play guitar, it's, it's weird. I don't know. I wonder... Although, yeah, do you know what it is? What? Do you know what it is? What is it? And this might be a, this might be a really strange realisation or maybe like... Um, maybe off the mark or maybe not, but do you know what? Like, I mean, there were times, certainly for me anyway, where like things were quite tense with us in a practice room. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if there was an element of keep uh, having me head down a bit in that regard hmm. as well. Because I, I, I'm certainly aware of that. I'm certainly aware of it at times where you're like, do you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a weird atmosphere in here. But that could that could be creative as well. Do you know what I mean? Almost like it's it's hard to describe. But when like we used to practice that much, do you know what I mean? When we first started, that obviously it's not every day yeah. is all four people in a great mood up for making music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not how things work. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing was as well is like, even though it, it would probably be more sensible to go, all right, not everyone's feeling it today, so let's not bother. Do you know, we, we sort of, I don't know whether we felt kind of a sense of obligation to go down to the studio as much as possible. Do you know what I mean? Even when you might think it wasn't the right time to do so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've just gone off on a totally sort of random time. I mean, you know, it's no secret that there's certainly been times where we had um, not not a difficult relationship between us, but there was certainly tensions. And, you, you know, even if they were creative tensions in the sense of, you know, someone felt it should go one way, someone felt it should go the other way. Do you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I'm probably way off the mark there. I always thought it was just because, you know, your guitar parts are not just like three chords, you know, <laughs> you, you've got oh. these incredibly difficult uh, soundscapes throughout a lot of the songs. And so I just, I just always assumed it was like you being like, all right, hold on. I don't care that there are people in front of me. I need to focus on this. Well, I mean, that that's possibly it as well. I mean, I, there's no doubt I am a perfectionist and... What was interesting as well was when I did the first Last Dance live stream rehearsal and I watched it back because I were watching it back from the moments where I were like flipping it. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? I've absolutely balls that up. And I listened to it back and I were literally, and I were like, that's, in, that's imperceptible to anyone apart from, and even me watching it back, I can't even really feel the same, you know, like, oh, that's a mistake. It just didn't even notice it was there. But there's probably a big element of I'm such a perfectionist that, you know, and I think as much as Hopi, like I really suffer with embarrassment, mate. I really suffer with it. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I, well, no one likes being embarrassed, do they? But it's almost a like a fear hmm. for me. So I think there's also an element of, uh, especially on stage in front of people, I don't want to fuck this up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And and sort of 
and looked daft. Yeah. I'll never forget, right, one of the one of the moments I lost my shit most in my entire life. Uh, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I was having an argument at the time with my girlfriend, Nicole, and we were leaving Leeds Festival 98. I think it was Leeds 98. We were leaving and getting picked up by my mum, and I was, I was that mad at the time. We were, we were arguing, and I walked off, and basically, to cut a long story short, I took a shortcut. There were all these people walking around this stuff, you know, and I thought, well, it's quicker to go that way. And so in front of hundreds of people, I went walking through and proper slipped and like literally <laughs> my feet, my feet went up in the air. One of them, do you know what I mean? A fucking, I mean, it must have been thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I absolutely lost my head. But were you like, yeah, I mean, that's just, <laughs> oh, fuck, I was worse than that. I was worse than that. I'm sure I've told this story before. I've probably told it on the podcast before. Cause I'm like, my mum were picking us up and I got in the car and she was like, Where's Nicole? And I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> she went, oh, well, I'll, I'll just wait for her. I'll just wait. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I don't know. It, yeah, there's, there's certainly a fear of embarrassment in, in sort of getting stuff wrong on stage. Definitely, there always has been. So that probably focuses into it. Um, it's difficult having like, that many people look at you, I think, it, um, I think that's why I've. I think that's why I've always smoked so much weed mm. as well before going on stage because it just completely flattens a lot of that out mm. and allows me to kind of zone out in that way. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, that's kind of. I used to feel so, so much anxiety about everything. Do you know what I mean? That that was the thing that slowed my brain down enough to be able to just go on stage and do it without freaking out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Or or being so nervous and anxious to the point of just throwing up. Because that's, I mean, that's, I had that for ages, for years. I used to just, uh, I used to throw up every morning just through anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of, and it was always the same. I'd wake up about four in the morning and then it'd start and it'd last till about eight and I'd, you know, be sick all that time. Became a nightmare, did that, but it was all just anxiety. Mm. Um, Maybe you're afraid that you're going to get on stage and you're going to be playing and then all of a sudden you're going to be like, I'm not stuck. You know, maybe, (laughs) 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 you know, and the music's going and you're going to be like, I know it don't sound right, but nevertheless, we fucking knob stuck. (laughs) I mean, that could happen. People do get their to be fair, that's what that that is what I'd be screaming in the guitar techs here as they were were looking at me going, what's wrong? And I'd be like, literally, the knob is stuck, mate. Do you know what I mean? I know. (laughs) I'm sure you've, have you not already pulled that out on this bloody podcast? I'm sure you've (laughs) Bollocks. Oh, that's bad. That's bad terminology, that, isn't it? Uh, That's so funny. That was, that was definitely the highlight of the live stream for me. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, yeah, but that, you know, in a, in a moment like that, there's no, I'm not like, right, okay, let's think about what we need to do here. I just panic. Do you know what I mean? I just panic and I'm like, I'll have a little, a little explosion of, you know, emotion, shall we say, <laughs> before I go back down and go, right, how are we going to fix this? That's kind of my whole thing, really. And like, some people don't understand me in that sense, but that's just kind of how I am with stuff. It was funny as hope because we've got this new tour manager who's just joined the, the music group chat. And I have a way of talking, me. Do you know what I mean? I have a I have a way of talking even in text form. And um Rob said to me when oh you were sending text overnight to Keith and I just thought, Oh god, he's he's not gonna get you at all if he if he doesn't know you. <laughs> he hasn't been oriented. You come across. And I just read it back and I was like, 
Oh, I, can't suppose, I suppose it does sound a bit aggressive, does that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I mean, like, it's just, I suppose, it, you know, it's a problem, really. It's not something, it, it just is what it is. And um, I do have a hyper-emotional reaction to things. I don't have that thing that puts reason first. Reason does come, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it only comes after I've, you know, voli- in, express myself in a volatile way, shall we say. And obviously, some people... Um, some people have never understood that and I suppose it's really easy to not understand do you know what I mean because it's like it, you can come across as a really intense person and I suppose that, that, that is the way you could describe me in some senses is quite an intense person I don't know would you describe me like that Pete? Being honest, uh, no, I don't, I don't know if I mean. Obviously, I've 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 watched you interact in so many different ways, so I I, I totally get you. It's <laughs> you, you, there's never any weight when you start to get excited. It's just your you know there's like an intensity, but it's not really. It's really it's not like it's at somebody. It's more usually at something. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's very rare that it's at someone. It's it's always at something. But the trouble is, like, if anyone's around that, they're like. You know, man, triggered. calm down. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? And I'm like, what do you mean, calm down? I'm calm now, I've done that. They're like, well, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Well, I'm sorry, that's just my process. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, and that, that, I mean, that does come out on stage, definitely. If something goes wrong on stage, uh, like I've, I've said it before on this podcast, I'm sure I have, but I'm always apologising to crew members because I'm not a, I'm not that person at all. Yeah. I'm not that person that thinks they can shout at anyone. But in that moment where your knob is stuck, where your guitar knob is stuck, and when it's stuck at zero and you need it to be stuck at 10 so you can, so your guitar actually makes some noise, you're like, oh, fucking hell, my fucking knob's stuck, man. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> That just gives perfect opportunity for people like you to be like, oh, great. He doesn't even, he just writes it himself. You know, he plays straight into our hands, man. His knob is stuck. I mean, all that in my brain, just my, my, my brain is just like, oh, shit, the fucking knob's stuck, man. I've got no sound. So that would be yeah. screamed at the guitar tech. Um, it would be like, what? No, he knew what I meant. He'd know what I meant, where my hand was, and like, try to fiddle with it. Fucking hell, can I extend this fucking metaphor anymore, or whatever, <laughs> innuendo, I don't bloody know. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of the gigs, I have got a little bit of news for you, Pete. Ooh, okay. Oh, it's not good news. Uh-oh. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world news, but it's not good news. I, it, I declared on this podcast that you will be able to come up to Glasgow with us on the tour bus, but um, for varying reasons, we're not doing it in the traditional tour bus and all the crew are coming up with us. So unfortunately, there is no room. But oh, I'm as, I, honestly, what? I know I, <laughs> I'm as unhappy about that as you are um, for various reasons, really. I mean, that's the best thing about a proper tour bus is it's like having a house on wheels. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it just, it's base. But yeah, that's what used to annoy me when you'd after a gig you'd have people on bus and like they just fucking wreck it do you know what i mean and not have and not respect it and yeah almost just see it as a novelty do you know what i mean like, like a hotel oh, room t- yeah exactly and it's like hang on fucking hell do you know what i mean don't knock your beer over because i've got to fucking sit there later on thanks yeah you know we don't I mean? have a if cleaning you do service knock your beer over, <laughs> yeah it, let us know so we can sort it out because it's not something you can just you know but i mean that's the there's no worse than not having the tour bus near the venue that is the worst. That's the worst one. And I've had some terrible moments with tour buses. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who's ever been in a bloody band had some terrible moments. And to be fair, 
I should just add before I get into it anymore that it's terrible in um, proportionally, shall we say, because there has been some terrible incidents on tour buses, also you know some horrible stuff. Oh sure, yeah. not like that, but yeah, worst one. I mean, you know, like anyone, my priority on tour is just like getting washed. Do you know what I mean? Like on the morning, as long as you've got somewhere to get washed that is you know reasonable, you're fine. Do you know what I mean? You can have. You can have a decent day and then you can go back to the bus or whatever you want. But like Adamo, I think it was Toronto. I think I were in, we were in Toronto and I'd gone into the venue. So we, the bus were outside the venue and I've got my bloody wash bag and wandered into the venue and sort of got myself sorted and whatever and just assumed that I could go straight out and get on the bus. Do you know what I mean? Because I suppose that's the other thing. I'm such a creature of routine and especially on tour, like to the, to the absolute letter yeah. creature of routine. Do you know what I mean? So I'd sort of get sorted, go get some food and then have a joint. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And chill out and whatever. But yeah, I came out of the venue and the bus isn't there and I'm stood there like a lemon with my wash bag and I'm just like, oh, all right, very fucking funny. Right, okay. <laughs> Who's playing hide the fucking bus? <laughs> hide the bus. So I thought, yeah, so, so I thought, right, I look round the corner and like, all right, it's not there. You know, you go right over side and you're like, all right, it's not there. I'm still smiling. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you ring tour manager and you're like, uh, where's the bus? He's like, oh, it's just gone around corner, mate. And I'm like, uh, all right, which corner? <laughs> just, just somewhere around there, just around that side. So I'm just like, oh, all right, okay, let's go, you know, let's, let's play, find the bus, find the go bus. proper. So yeah, I mean, you know what it's like as well. Like it, you go a few blocks, that can be a long walk. Yeah, everybody Especially has a different explanation of what around the block is, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in terms of streets, like, you know, it's looking around the corner of a small building is a piece of piss. Looking around the corner of, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, those it was huge a, venues, right? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then, you, like I say, if he, if he says it's around the corner and I look around the corner and that's 500 yards till the next corner, you're like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> So off I go marching for this bus, just getting even more and more irate the whole fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Just because, and I've been told that, that I, I remember meeting some people because in my demented rantings, I was like, have you seen, have you seen like a tour bus, a really big bus? And these people were like. Holding your wash bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just holding my wash bag. And some lad's like, oh, that's Adam from the music. And I'm just like, oh. Hey, can we get a picture with you and your wash bag? Wash bag, yeah. <laughs> absolutely awesome it's difficult that because i mean that would that just i mean that would be the sort of thing that would ruin my day then and i'd just be in an absolute mood for the rest of the day i'd just be like well i couldn't find bus could i so i'm pissed off now <laughs> i'm not playing <laughs> i mean i've had a suit i just I've, I've got form for that though i did it in japan as well um just went for i mean i acted unpredictably in japan at the best of times really through jet lag and just i don't know various other things but uh, i just ended up going for walks and i'm sure i've told you the story about me falling out with the traffic light that just took forever to change hmm. that doesn't sound for I me must, uh, no i mean it basically the traffic lights like pedestrian traffic lights in japan take forever absolutely forever so it uh, and uh, again another situation which made me turn and go oh for god's sake yeah, you know, I was stood at this traffic light waiting to cross the road in Japan and not, I wasn't in a good mood. Um, I, wasn't in, I wasn't in a good mood at all. And this traffic light just won't change. And do you know what, right? I started to take it personally. <laughs> I, fuck, I, I, can, I can feel it in me now. 
I started to take it personally. I just stood there and I'm standing there and I'm tapping my foot, tapping my foot, I'm completely oblivious to anyone, anyone around me, tapping my foot anyway. And then I just whipped my head and looked at this traffic light and I was like, are you going to fucking change anytime soon? <laughs> I honestly just think just suddenly treating this traffic light like it were doing it on purpose. Yeah, of course. And that tirade went on for a few minutes because I'd, I'd, I, I was always emotionally unstable in Japan. I mean... That's one thing. I mean, a lot of my stories are quite amusing, but at the heart of it, you're just like, yeah, there's someone who's mentally ill. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I still, I still reflect on a lot of it quite fondly. But yeah, anyway, I gave this traffic light a right doing. I gave it a right dressing down. It wished it had never been born. And anyway, I turned round and again, uh, just a, a, a load of fans stood there behind me watching me annihilate this traffic light. <laughs> Just like, just holding out records wanting to be signed. And I'm like, oh, great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I'll sign your records. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thinking these people are absolutely terrified of me. <laughs> no, no, we're good. We don't need any autographs. <laughs> you just keep your distance over there, Mr. Nutter. <laughs> hey, you're lucky it wasn't in the time where everybody had an iPhone to film you and then put it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Or oh, Instagram. I mean, we, I mean, yeah, mate. We joke about stuff like that, but. Yeah, I, no, I mean, it, there's, there's certain times where I shouldn't be let out into the public. Really, <laughs> I should be honestly. There's, I should be there's certain moods where moods where I should be chained up. Well, hey, man, just imagine how many cameras are going to be on you at uh, Temple Newsom. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Yeah, hopefully you'll be on your best behavior then, because anything you do there, it'll definitely make. <laughs> it'll be all over the TikTok. <laughs> Well, for what it's worth, I don't know if I could have been on the bus anyway. I was telling my wife, I was like, hey, so because, you know, obviously she's coming with me. And I was like, yeah, so there's a tour bus and, you know, maybe we can go on the on the bus to head up to up to Glasgow. And she was like, do you think I'm going on a tour bus with a rock band? Are you kidding? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, it's, you know, it's the music. I mean, we're, we're, it'll be fine. And she's like, I'll meet you there. <laughs> I was like, OK. Okay. No, I mean that—that is—that um, is unfortunate. But I mean, I guess she doesn't trust you, rock and roll sort. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't blame her. No, I, I think it's more that all. she's like, yeah, I'm too old for that. I—I I, I want a nice, comfortable ride by myself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There's certainly a novelty to to traveling like that, but you know, it's not—it's—it's it's not for everyone. It's, not, it's yeah. certainly not for everyone. Oh yeah. Also, what about? I know. You, I know. I noticed on the uh, video that uh, you did, uh, you were playing the black guitar. Not that I know names of guitarists, but uh, <laughs> and I know you. We were joking about the knob stuck and all that stuff. But you and I know you play certain guitars for certain songs. But has any of that changed? Uh, is the fact that there's issues with one of your guitars like how does the whole guitar thing preparation unfold? Is that all being thought about? Anything different going to happen? Well, I mean, as I think we made reference to it, didn't we? The fact that I've been playing that Stratocaster Lords, that black Stratocaster. Yeah. Um, and I don't know yet, like you say, when I don't, well, I don't, you might not have been referencing my YouTube video where I talked about guitars and sort of what I like and what I don't like, but I've never really, I've never really been too into how Strats sort of sound. Mm. Um, but I don't know, I've just proper fallen in love with this black Strat and. Yeah, me Les Pauls do need quite a bit of service servicing work like that, but I'm really enjoying the, the playing the Stratocaster at the moment and absolute and loving how it sounds. But I think I was, I don't know, it's always been part of my almost I don't know signature. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, like the, the Les Paul, and I alluded to it 
on a previous podcast saying that it would feel we it would feel really weird to play a strat for anything more than like one mm. song or two songs. But I'm playing this strat all the time at rehearsals and absolutely loving it. Um, yeah, I just wondered if it was like, you know, like in the camera world, there's like the Sony group and then there's the Canon group, you know, like there and they are like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I didn't know yeah. if Les Paul was a similar thing. Is there some sort of yeah. rivalry or whatever? Yeah, of course. A Gibson Les Paul and it's a yeah. Fender Strat. So, yeah, I mean, that's not something I've ever really got involved in. Do you know what I mean? You know, I love guitars that play well. I've got no brand loyalty as such i don't think i've never never been like that it's all you know they gotta look right as well and feel yeah. right you know i don't like anything that's too angular and jagged you know like guitars like well may know it to you but it's sort of like um ibanez and emgs and stuff like that but I mean, the majority of guitar manufacturers are either trying to in some way emulate or innovate on a strat or a les paul or maybe a telecaster mm. and it's a very, you know, everything else is just trying to be something else, in my opinion, anyway. I don't, I've never really cared that much. You know, I'm not really, I'm not really tech obsessed in that sense. Yeah. As long as I, as long as I pick it up and strum it and it sounds right, I'm like, yeah, that's sound one. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, there's some people out there who know everything about all, everything that they're using and have got very specific requirements. Mm. I just want to be able to stand in front of it and go, fucking hell, yeah, that sounds ace. <laughs> I don't really, I have no set menu yeah. path to get to that. Um, but yeah, I have always used that Gibson Les Paul. I mean, I absolutely fell in love with it when, when I first started. When I first got interested in guitars, I was much more, I just liked, I loved the shape and look of the Les Paul. And to be honest, I think what it was, I think I said before, wasn't it? it was the Verve, was it Hay Hall or... Slain Castle, one of them performances, and Nick McCabe were using this uh, Les Paul Gold top, and I just fucking thought it looked mm. amazing as much as, and it sounded amazing. And so yeah, my, my first proper guitar, proper electric guitar, was uh, was like an Epiphone, a three pickup Black Beauty Les Paul, and again, that'll mean nothing to people who don't know about guitars. But I'd imagine there's plenty of people listening to this podcast who know exactly what uh, an Epiphone Black Beauty, you know, the three pickup number, mm. black and gold. Uh, mine had a tremolo arm on it as well. Uh, I fucking love that guitar. I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. Like the first proper electric guitar I got. Um, yeah, absolutely adored that. And then, I mean, you know, even when I started playing guitars, I remember very tangibly, and I'm sure I've told this at one point, but I do remember very tangibly having a dream when I was quite young, you know, literally when I first started playing. So it'll have been late 15, early 16, just dreaming about going into a shop and buying like a, a Les Paul and I remember the dream that well and I'll never forget waking up and going oh bastard it was a dream <laughs> do you know what I mean I thought I, I had a Les feeling. Paul that you know when they're that lucid as well when your dreams yeah. are, are that lucid that you feel that that disappointment where you're like oh shit man that wasn't real <laughs> where in most times in dream well I think actually the definition of lucid is where you actually realize that you're dreaming isn't it so it's maybe it's maybe not maybe that's not the right word but but I know the feeling so yeah I mean when we first got signed and we got that um, equipment budget, I think we got an equipment budget of like 10 or 15 grand, like some 18-year-old kids. Do you know what I mean? So we, because I've told this on YouTube, I'm sure I have, but some people might not have seen that. So we, because um, it all happened quite fast once we signed our actual record deal and we were making, um, the, you might as well, EP, mm. and we were doing that at Townhouse in London. 
and did we have a credit card? I think we just got like the band credit card. <laughs> and um, I can't even remember. I mean, no, no, I think it, I think it was a designated equipment budget because I'm thinking back to it now, and I'm thinking, this, how the fuck did you know? Who the fuck this didn't question me and Stu going and buying three guitars? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it was a designated equipment budget, and we did we did need guitars. Do you know what I mean? Um, we all, we were still using the stuff that you know we kind of got from our parents or whatever, and you know you get to a point where. Well, certainly we were getting to a point where we needed yeah. more stuff. So it was just like the best thing in the world. And I can't really remember if there was any sort of cap on what we could spend. Because I walked in and there were just all these Les Pauls. And I was like, oh. If only. <laughs> and I just, well, well, no, I completely, I went with a view. I went with a mind to buying a Les Paul. Um, but try to remember exactly how much I paid for that one now. I do know because I'm sure I said it on the YouTube video. And it was but brand the first new. one I saw. You what, sorry? And it was brand new. No, 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 mate. No, not brand new. No, fuck that. I wasn't interested in the brand new guitar at that point. That was a massive shift in me, sort of pre the band. All I, 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 I want a new guitar. Do you know what I mean? I would never want an old guitar. And then very quickly, and I couldn't, again, I couldn't really tell you why now, but I very quickly, like a new guitar to me is almost like a sin. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. That fend- the black Fender that I've got, that was brand new. Yeah. But at the time, I thought I want something vintage, man. Do you know what I mean? I want a proper vintage Les Paul. And I think one of the reasons I got the deluxe, I did f- fall in love with it properly. But also, it was out of the stuff that were there. It was the more affordable because it were like it were like spend. It it would have been. In fact, I remember it had been spend three grand on one. Because that's what a proper, you know, if I'd have gone for, a, well, I mean, that's that's ridiculous, actually. If I'd have gone for a proper vintage one, it would have been more like five, seven, ten. Although it wouldn't back then. So anyone listening to this thinking, bollocks, you're paying a lot more than that for a vintage <laughs> Les Paul. I'm talking about, you know, 2001 yeah. or two. So I, instead of spending three grand on one, I spent 1500 on the 72 gold top deluxe. And I spent, actually, I think it was 16 on the... 60 1966 fender jaguar which is obviously what jag tune is oh wow um is that why it's called jag tune by the way yeah that's exactly why it's called jag tune you know i just i don't know why but i fell in love with the look of that guitar and then when i sort of came to play it it, i mean anyone who knows anything about jaguars knows that they're an absolute nightmare they're just a technical mess and like any the you know but they've got their fans and they've got their adorers, but any any engineer would be like, Fucking, I don't, whoever designed this is an idiot. Do you know what I mean? We're sort of, so much to go wrong, and um, but they do make a great sound in the right, if you use it, you know, in the right way. You know, Kevin Shields, man, fucking hell. Awesome guitar player, an awesome sound, but it was always a bit too jangly for me, but it worked perfectly on Jagtune. But I, I never really used it on much else, to be fair. And, it, it, you know, that's I think that was one of the first ones that I actually sold because I was like, I can't just keep it just for just to do Jag to Well, to be honest, to be honest, no, that was when that was when the band split up and I didn't play that much. And it was bought with band money as it was back in the day. And it was worth quite a bit. So we sold it, obviously split the money. But yeah, I'll never forget that day. It was me and Stu just, I can't remember the name of the shop either, uh, but it wasn't that far from Townhouse on like a little green, like on a little common. And um, yeah, they had some amazing stuff in there, and I, I found I found that beast. But then I tell you what, it were it were an absolute mission to find a spare. 
Because when you've got something that makes a, a certain type of unique sounds mm. like that, because that's the other thing that anyone who knows about, knows anything about guitars knows. You got to buy them in twos? Like, well, well, yeah, you do. You have to, anything you wow. use live, you've got to have two of them. Interesting. So as I was saying, anyone who knows about Les Pauls will know that no two are really the same, even if they're the same model. Like I've got a 72, a 1972 Deluxe, and I've got a 1971 Deluxe. Mm. And uh, I bought the 71 as a spare to the 72, and they're completely different. I mean, it does as the spare, do you know what I mean, in terms of, but it, it doesn't, they don't sound the same. They're... Uh, all kinds of differences. There's weight differences. The neck profiles are different. All kinds of little subtle differences. But yeah, I bought the I bought the spare the ninety one. I bought in Chicago. Um, what year was that? I bought it one year, and then the following year we toured with Kasabian, and I took Serge down to the same shop because I was like, I did a great guitar shop down here. Um, and he came with me, and he bought a oh, what is it? What are they called? Fender Corrado? Is it a Corrado? I think it's a Corrado. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's a great shop. Chicago Guitar Exchange, I think it's called. Or is it music? Chicago Music Exchange? Chicago Guitar Exchange? I don't know. I got a t-shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm quite... I was always quite fixated on that one Les Paul, to be honest. And that's why I wanted another Les Paul that sounded close enough as a spare because I didn't want to be in a situation where snapping a string having to play something that i didn't feel as connected to mm-hmm. yeah. which is weird now which because i'm playing that strat and i love it and I, I i don't have any sense of oh something don't feel right about this mm. well i'm no guitar guy but that les paul definitely is a sexy sexy beast it's a it's an absolute beast i adore it but it's knobby stuck <laughs> I mean, that'll stuck. get sorted <laughs> that'll get sorted it, it'll all get sorted for gigging that but i am still thinking fucking hell you know i want to i want to play it strat on a lot of things I don't know, it's just this Kemp, with this Kemper as well. It seems to just kind of suit the profile of the sound this Kemper kicks out does a Stratocaster. There was one time actually in, it was in Australia. I can't remember what town it was now. I want to say Melbourne. And there was a point where I used to go guitar hunting and it was one of my favourite things to do when we get to a city. And especially, you know, most guitar techs, especially ones that have travelled, um, they know, you know, the places yeah. to go, the shops to go to and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, w- I ended up in this guitar shop and there were this fucking incredible Les Paul. Uh, and it were a, what were it? I think it were a 52. It were a 52 reissue and it was stunning and it were 10 grand. And I remember at the time thinking, oh God, that is an extravagant purchase. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just thinking, can I fucking, do-? I mean, I proper fell in love. I wonder how proud of myself, actually, you know, because thinking back, there's not many times I've done that, you know, where I've had like an urge like that and gone, no, come on, <laughs> be sensible. But it was such an amazing guitar and it were almost like, oh God, I wish I hadn't seen that. Do you know what I mean? And I was literally, because it was, what would it have been? There was a, there was some exchange rate quirk, which would have meant that I could have taken it home and sold it instantly and made double well, not double, but I'd have certainly made on it, even if I thought this is too extravagant, this purchase. Yeah. It'd have been, you know what I mean? A safe, um, yeah. You can get your return on your investment if if you actually yeah, and, just turn, change your mind. But I just thought, I just thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to fly this home and not just die of anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, don't matter if I turn around and go, be careful with that. It's worth a lot of money. <laughs> if it comes back to me and it's not in one piece, they're just going to say, well, sorry. 
Yeah, I don't you know think you I mean? can take that it's as like, a carry-on either. <laughs> no, that's what I, well, to be fair, I have done that. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. No, you can. It's got to go under your be, seat. <laughs> well, exactly. I don't know how illegal this is. I don't really fucking care. No one's going to be bothered, are they? But I used to walk on plane, and the and the stewardess would be like, do you want us to put that in the in cupboard the cupboard? Here? There's loads of room. <laughs> and they put it in the fucking cupboard, and then i just get off wow. and walk out with it. But it's funny, actually, because that was the same trip in Australia where... It was one of the times I've been most mad at Rob in my entire life because we um, we went to this guy's private beach and like he just had jet skis like as powerful as you can imagine. Oh, nice! And just we're just like yeah, crack on, do what you want, and we're just like what like with no like uh, supervision instructions or <laughs> lessons or all. And he was just like that makes it go, that makes it stop. Do you want to have a go or not? And you're just like oh, right, fucking hell, I'm off then. Do you know what I mean? And that was an, I tell you what, that was an absolute blast. It used to be on, I'm sure it used to fall on Stu's birthday because it was part of the big day out. And it was one of the guys who was, um, I don't know whether it was one of the organizers or mates of the organizers or whatever, but it was always set up on Stu's birthday. And he'd literally have four high powered jet skis, proper like barbecue and beers nice. all fucking day. Sounds um, like a good but day. Yeah, so he went, oh mate, both times, we did it twice. Both times were absolutely amazing. Um, I put some pictures up on Twitter, well, everywhere, ages ago. You must have seen the one of the me and the little, is it like a little budgie, little parrot guy? Or is it a little budgie? No, it's like a little parrot, in it? But we were just on that beach chilling out, and I was sat eating some fruit out of a bowl, and this fucking, this budgie guy just came and just landed on my bowl and started <laughs> eating me fruit as I'm sat there holding pole. <laughs> just like, who's this cheeky bastard? Fuck <laughs> But yeah, um... Me and Rob went out on jet skis. Rob were driving it. I were on the back just for a laugh. And we blasted out really far. And I was just like, just stop. I'm going to jump off for a minute. Um, and we spoke about this the other day, actually. And he said, I didn't hear you say, I'm going to jump off for a minute. <laughs> I I looked round, Nutter, and you were gone. And I was just like, you fucking joke. Tapped him on the shoulder. And I was like, I'm going to jump off. Just, you know, and just swim about and get get back on. So I jump off, he just hightails it out of there and we were quite far out. And as I say, you know, it's Australia or whatever. And I'm a really, really strong swimmer, but still it's like, I've, I suddenly felt, in fact, I think that's the most vulnerable I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Apart from ocean. one time we had, we had a really bad episode in a plane where it was touch and go. But apart from that, I think that's the, the other time where I've just been like, oh, god this might have been a life-changing stupid decision <laughs> yeah. and um rob eventually noticed i went on circled back round and picked me up and when i spoke to him the other day he looked at, he just looked at me and went i remember uh you want uh you weren't very want, pleased want to happy? <laughs> you want to happy when you got back on were you and i was like mate i was i was absolutely terrified i noticed you were gone i put my head under the water and opened my eyes and i just thought oh my fucking god i mean sometimes you go out really far and you can still see the floor do you know what i mean yeah when you put your head under the water but this was oh god and it makes me fucking cringe now because i do have a bit of a fear of uh you know the unknown in that sense yeah um oof yeah so we've been we messed up out on these jet skis all day oh i tell you what i mean it won it i don't know i don't know how i describe it but i really enjoyed it and like the freedom of just i mean usually if you do something like that like i say it's in a load of red tape and regulation if if you're on high power jet skis yeah. this guy will like, i don't i don't give a shit <laughs> do what you want go as fast as if you fall off and hurt yourself it's, it's your on fault. you and the fuck, <laughs> they're really powerful so be a bit careful 
And I'd never done out like that before. So, you know, you sort of tentatively set off and you're revving this thing and you're like, oh, yeah. And before you know it, you're fucking doing Whee! 60 bloody miles an hour, <laughs> yeah. like hitting, hitting massive water. And you, and you fucking fly, man. And you think, oh, shit, when this lands, I'm, I it's really need to hold on. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I managed, I sort of rode all them. I didn't fall off once, like, hitting, hitting uh, water or doing out like that. I loved it. And I blasted, like, right down beach. God knows how many miles I went. God knows, just literally, not, not, I want that far out. I was far enough to not be a nuisance because you don't really want to be in shallow waters uh, for your own safety and to not bother. Because as I say, it was along what I describe as a load of private, you know, p- big, big fancy properties, each with their own big chunk of beach. Mm. So you don't want to be antagonizing them. But yeah, that would mean just blasting out. Um, and then the guy was actually like a, a champion windsurfer. So there was like a, you know, what do you fucking call it? A wind? Do you call it a wind, sir? No clue. You don't call it. A, what the fuck do you call it? <laughs> I have no idea. Come on, Pete. But I know what you're talking well, about. Well, don't fucking laugh at me and say no. <laughs> then if you don't know, but my mind is, what would you call it? I mean, what the fuck? Uh, I don't surf. even know what you call a wind, a windsurfing implement. A but anyway, surf. this yeah, mm-hmm. this guy just all of a sudden just fucking just ran off, grabbed grabbed the windsurfing implement and just started doing some of the gnarliest fucking shit you've ever seen in your life. Honestly, like hitting hitting waves and doing fucking big loops and nice. shit like that. Like I say, it was a proper champion. Um, but yeah, that way, that was a blast. That, that was a way. We, we always had a good time in Australia. It was always a good laugh. The only problem with Australia is the, the flights. Do you know what I mean? The fucking flying over there and we all know how I feel about flying. <laughs> Good thing Temple Newsom is in uh, is in your backyard, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but honestly, and it's strange, you know. And it's only just dawn dawning on me. Um, you know, as I said previously, I'm I'm extraordinarily routinal. Do you know what I mean? And I need that. Some minds need different lifestyles or diets or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To sort of feel right, but I um I need that level of routine, and I have to say, it's kind of weighing on my mind a bit like hmm, you know like temple news them you're like you know it's f- i'd fucking drive it in five minutes if i were being illegal T- you know 10 if i were being legal <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's up the road it's, that's there's no problem there but like going to glasgow and staying in a night in a hotel and it sounds stupid maybe it doesn't but i ain't slept in another bed for um fucking i don't know fucking hell it might even be something like 14 years oh wow yeah really that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Wow, that's since interesting. I slept, since, since I've slept anywhere else than here. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just trying to think it's all blaringly, glaringly obvious, but I don't think there is. Even when people are like, oh, we're getting married, are you staying over? I'm like, I'm a fuck. I'll fucking stay sober to drive <laughs> home. Thank you very much. I'm fucking staying over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the life and soul, me. That's hilarious. Well, I'm not joking. Well, notice to anybody in Glasgow area, I'm, I'm open for any recommendations for good restaurants, uh, good places to get good food, good drink. Just let me know. Hit me up. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be fucking. I'm sure there'll be people lining up, Pete, to uh, to entertain and schmooze with you. And I'm not being sarcastic. I genuinely bet there is. Uh, certainly, you know, certainly fans of the podcast or whatever. But yeah, I, I do have to say it's it's something that's a bit like oh, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, I'm not. It's weird because like before, like back in the day, it it, it used to feel like life or death did. Like the mentality that I used to get into to travel and you know spend time in places where i couldn't fully 
be myself. And it's, it sounds stupid, mate. I know it does, but like, you know, like somewhere where I can just fucking have a joint without feeling yeah. like I'm doing something wrong. Sure. But it's something that I've explained before that, you know, like you, you don't like to feel that you're doing something wrong. It brings like a fucking sense of pressure. So, you know, these are these are things that play a role in, in my thinking when I know how fixed I need to be in my routine to not be like, well, I might as well be fucking floating in space then. If I ain't got that, I might as well be floated, floating in space. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's kind of... Um, well, you, you're coming up I the night was. before, right? So you'll have a place to... Yeah, that's it. We're, we're, I mean, yeah, we're, we're coming up the night before and then, then in Glasgow... But I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's people who are like, oh, yeah, go out, man. Go and see some culture. Yeah, have, you got go any out. Fucking, have you got any idea, <laughs> like, how tied up in knots I'm going to be? Like, honestly, I'm serious, man. Like, we'll do a podcast. You know, I, I, well, we, I've got no problem doing podcasts, but it will be capturing, <laughs> it will be capturing my, the state of my mind at the time, which will be very, like I say, um, yeah, I, I, like I say, I can't lie. It's uh, it's certainly something that's on my on my mind. I, you know, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll do me good. Um, I think so. It, in, yeah, in lots of ways, I'm sure it'll do me good. But I've, I'm still I've still got my reservations about right. Okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna stay? How am I gonna stay? Um, I don't even know what the word is. Very balanced. Do you know what I mean? How am I gonna stay nice and comfortable and calm? Because that's what it's about. Oh yeah. That's, what, that's all I'm. That's all I'm trying to do before a gig is I just want to be able to be comfortable and calm and and confident that you know you know everything's fine on stage and that. But just a, just in everything preparation. You know, if there's if there's people who are coming, um, I'll want to know they're they're okay, and I'll be very frantic about that. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. they can fucking they're, they're stood somewhere where they can see, and you know they've got this, and they. I want to know all that shit's boxed off. You know, because you, you do you do you get phone calls, man. Do you know what I mean? Like twenty minutes before you're going on stage, you get phone calls, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, fucking don't need this drama nope. do you know what i mean and especially that close to stage time you can't even send someone else you can't even be like sorry mate will you just nip down and sort that out it's like well i fucking gotta make sure this works here's my promise to you i will definitely not be bugging you that day <laughs> no I, oh, I don't mean it like that man. no I no i get it, it. Like I, I don't it's crazy that people would but i i for some reason i get that and i it just takes it just takes such a lot out of me yeah and i don't i, I don't think everyone really bears that in mind I mean, people will just look at it and go, well, I'd love to get up on stage and play in a band. Yeah, but if you're of a certain type of personality, that it, it can take, it can it can be, you know, it can be difficult leading up to that. Of course. It's not just as simple as it's amazing, it's brilliant. It will be amazing and brilliant, I've got no doubt. And once I hit the first notes, bang, I'm there. But that's my problem, man, is it's, it's sort of right up into it. Do you know what I mean? It's all the sort of mental build-up to it that is... Um, plays as much of a role with me but that's I mean these practices we're doing as it's certainly from the playing point of view certainly making sure that we're going on stage and I'm like yeah I can play with utmost confidence in all this and that work we you know we spoke about it that was solved when I sorted my guitar rig out and knew what I would do with that yeah that made a mass, massive difference to how I'm sort of looking look how I look to these shows and how I expect them to go and stuff like that but no, man, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking emotional. It's gonna be completely out of my comfort zone, certainly from what I've been used to for, for God knows how long. Um, but yeah, man, I'm sure, I'm sure it'd be good. 
It's going to be amazing. Uh, much, I'm much like yourself. I, uh, I, I, and I love to travel, but the different, but the, the common ground we have is like, I definitely need a place to shower and I need a place to call home. It doesn't have to be my house. I just need a place yeah. where I, a home yeah. base where I yeah. can regroup because I'm not an extrovert. I need a, I need yeah. an introvert regroup moment with a shower and then I can, psh, yeah. then, I, then I can take on the world. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it, mate. You get it exactly right. And that's where I end up fucking losing my shit. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I just, I, I just need that. Do you know what I mean? If you, if we could make that happen, everything else is right. Yeah. And then when you can't find your bloody bus or whatever, <laughs> so you can't get back into your home base. Yeah. You're just like, fuck, I might as well be floating in space again. The last time I said it, it was metaphorically. This time it's bloody in a real sense. Do you know what I mean? If I see you bus, in Glasgow carrying a shower bag, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Looking for a bus. Yeah, without without that bus, I just look like a bizarre tramp on the streets of Toronto, carrying a wash bag with people thinking, hmm, that must be what he deals his drugs from. Do you know what I mean? As I stuck in stood there, look like I've just rolled out of Woodstock or whatever I look like at the bloody time. I've got no idea. I love it. Okay, well, this has been a, a very strange episode. Bitty with bitty stories and me battling in the conflict as to the whys and wherefores of various things. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. I've always loved talking to Pete. Always love it. Always cheers me up. Um, and it's weird as well, no matter what I'm sort of going through that day, no matter what mood I think I'm in, I always like start talking to you and I'm like, no, do you know what I mean? And we just crack on. So um, lovely to talk to Same. you, Pete, as always, my friend. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, no idea if I'm instructed to this or even if it's interesting, but to be honest, I think that about after every episode <laughs> we ever record. So nice one. Thank you. And we'll speak to you later. Bye.